Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. I'm your host, Chloe Langer. Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, the list of social media out there today goes on and on and on. When it comes to navigating today's world of social media as Catholic women, we pretty much need a field guide. How do we avoid getting sucked into the time warp that is Instagram scrolling? When do we need to step away and when do we need to step up and speak up? Today, I'm talking to two Catholic social media influencers, Sarah and Amy. They're two women who create Catholic content online, and they're going to share their stories, tips, and tricks for interacting with social media. We're going to talk about building others up, listening to the promptings and inspirations of the Holy Spirit, and honing in on your passions while remaining authentic. I hope you enjoy our conversation and check out the amazing work that Sarah and Amy are doing online. Today's episode is brought to you by Stay Close to Christ. They're a Catholic gift company that provides meaningful, affordable keepsakes that help people stay close to the Lord. Check them out at staycloseTochrist.com and use the offer code LETTERS to receive 10% off of your order. We are welcoming to the podcast Amy Brooks and Sarah Estabrooks, two women who I have had the privilege and honor of meeting as a Catholic blogger, as a Catholic podcaster, who've inspired me in my work on social media, and I'm so excited to have them on the show. Welcome, Amy and Sarah. Thank you, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Thanks. Nice to be here with you. Yeah. Happy so to, to be here. So today we're going to be talking about navigating the world of social media. But before we dive into that, can you both share a little bit about your stories as Catholic women? Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm just your standard cradle Catholic. Um, I come from a big family with uh, very faithful parents who made sure uh, to give us a really good upbringing in the faith. And I'm a product of partly public school and partly Catholic school. I, we went from public school, uh, elementary school to Catholic high school, uh, where I was surrounded by a group of sisters, um, religious sisters who were just amazing and helping me uh, grow from my childhood faith into embracing the faith on my own as an adult. So um, definitely surrounded by a very good, growing up in a very good Catholic community. It's made a big impact on um, just becoming an adult in the faith and who I am today. Okay, this is Amy. So I'll say as a Catholic woman, I am super thankful for the guidelines our church gives us, the role models our church gives us, and the inspiration I get from other Catholic women. I fir- First and foremost, the guidelines, I am someone who struggles with infertility. My personality is very indecisive. So when my husband and I were, you know, longing to be parents, there's all these choices the world offers in vitro, surrogacy. Thank goodness for my faith that said, you know, that's, you know, that's not God's will for you. So, I mean, when we decided on adoption, it took us a year to decide between domestic or international. So just having that guideline, you know, helped me maneuver a hard time in life. And I just really, as a Catholic woman, I just can't believe how many women before us have done so much for our world. Um, I got my master's degree from a Catholic university in history, and I studied the effects of Catholic nuns and their, their roles in nursing schools. And when I researched that, I couldn't believe, you know, a Catholic nun helped found the Mayo Clinic. Another Catholic nun helped start Alcoholics Anonymous. And just looking at the saints, I just feel like I'm in very good company. I'm constantly inspired by other Catholic women, either the saints or just people that I meet through life and supported by by friends and faith. So I'm thankful to be a Catholic woman. 
I haven't met the two of you in person, but I've gotten to know your stories through a Facebook group that I joined that we're going to talk a little bit more about later, but also through your blogs and getting to know the story of you and your journey and your families. And so Amy, you're the creator of Prayer, Wine, and Chocolate, and that's a blog about your spiritual journey to motherhood and beyond. And then Sarah, you're the creator of To Jesus Sincerely, where you open wide the doors of your heart and you let readers reflect on your joys and your struggles, your questions and your life lessons. So what's the origin story of those blogs? How did how did your websites get started and why did you decide to write about your Catholic faith online? I decided to start Prayer, Wine, Chocolate for two reasons. The first reason was my husband and I were going to adopt without signing up with an adoption agency. And um, financially, that was a decision that we had to make because we wanted our family to grow. But with the adoption of our first son, I stopped working and our income changed dramatically. But I believed that it was still possible to connect with someone who was thinking about an adoption plan. But I also felt that there were probably a lot of other couples that wanted to adopt but were intimidated by the cost. So I wanted to record everything that we did. So that when we finally did adopt, I could share what worked, what didn't work, and hopefully help some other couples. Another reason why I started was because I I became a stay-at-home mom, but I didn't lose my desire to work. So I wanted to I figured with this day and age, I should be able to work from home. So this was a choice to hopefully help our family financially, but still be a home with the children. So and I I write about our Catholic faith, because for as long as I can remember, it has been my parachute, my bridge, my comfort, and my lens. Mm. I've always believed that no matter what's going on in my life, I should talk to God about it. It just seems like something that I cannot separate from myself. So, you know, shared my thoughts and prayers and things started happening that were answers to prayers that allowed me to share those stories. So that's prayer, wine, chocolate and how that started. Yeah, I didn't ever want to be a blogger, so I am <laughs> surprised that this is what I ended up doing. Um, but where my blog comes from is, before I ever shared my writings with anyone, um, one of the things that was really important for me as part of my spiritual life and my prayer life was writing as I pray. It helped me stay focused, and it helped me really enter into you know, whatever it was that I was meditating on, otherwise my mind would just totally drift off topic and I'd find that I was just daydreaming and not praying. Um, but I would sometimes share, I would write every week when I went to adoration, I would just write and write and write. And I had notebooks full of just my prayers and my heart poured out to God. And I would sometimes share them um, with a close friend or a family member. And people started telling me, you really should be sharing these. Um, people really need to read your writing. I was like, no way. And I gave a lot of pushback for a while, um, but eventually just everything lined up and it just the Holy Spirit was definitely calling me and guiding me to do this. So I said, well, I'll just share them. And when nobody reads them, I'll just say I tried and it wasn't for me. But once I started sharing them and I realized, wow, you know, God really can touch people through just sharing my heart. It was scary because these are my personal prayers and reflections. And like, this is my personal relationship, you know, with <laughs> Jesus. Right. But once I started sharing it and seeing, wow, this can help other people grow closer to him too. Um, I just dove in and that's where Jesus sincerely came from. I just, I took it and, and let God run with it. 
I think both of your vlogs are just as beautiful examples that there is so much good content out there on the internet. Like we can use the internet for so many good things and to be able to share about an adoption story or to be able to share about reflections during adoration is, is so good, but it's also sometimes feels like it's such a minority of what's out there on mm -hmm. the web available for digestion. There's a lot of garbage on social media today, especially I was scrolling through Facebook a little bit before this interview and checking on some friends who I was keeping updated with. And there was a, you know, a ton of ads and stories that I didn't really want to read. And so why should Catholics not just log off everything and just call it a day? I think we are called to be a light in the darkness. That makes me think of Matthew. I think it's chapter five. He said, your light must shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly father. You know, so I, I think that's, you know, as a blogger or a podcaster like yourself, that's what we are called to do. To be that witness of hope, especially on a platform or on platforms with multiple it's just, it's good to have a Catholic presence on them. It's good to have a voice that's calling out in the wilderness of, of mm. today's culture and being able to be a witness to hope. Yeah, I, I agree that as, um, as a content producer, you know, as a writer and an author, um, it's kind of good to, to know that we're combating, like you said, the darkness um, and putting the light out there. But also, I think about it from the other side, like as a reader, there can be a lot of temptation online and, and a lot of you know, evil going out on social media. So um, personally, I think it's a matter of prudence. And I think that all of us as consumers and as readers on social media should really take an honest look at it and ask ourselves, are we using this as a tool for our own good and to grow in our spiritual life? Or is it a temptation? And, um, you know, it comes down to a matter of choice, you know, how are we going to use this? And that's definitely a choice that we can make. And if it is too much of a temptation, there certainly are those times where, you know, people need to step away for a time um, and come back when they're ready to, to use it for their good and to seek Jesus through it, just like we should be seeking Jesus through, you know, every tool and every aspect of our lives. Yeah, I love how we're getting ready to get into the Lenten season and how that's always a good reminder too, where I, in the past, I've done Facebook fast or social media fast or and just turned everything off and walked away. But then when I come back, it's really tempting to fall into the same traps that I did before, whether that's overuse or interacting with people in a way that, that forgets their human dignity. And I think there's such a beauty in the Catholic world of prudence, like you mentioned, to be able to to look at a tool and to use it for good things and to make conscious decisions about use and to essentially not let it use us, to, to be able to log in versus having it kind of control our lives and, and get out of control for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I really got to know both of you through Catholic Social Media Influencers, which was, is a Facebook group that's now grown into a website. Can you tell listeners about how that community started and grew and how the site helps Catholics find wholesome Catholic content out on the internet? Yes. Um, I started Catholic Social Media Influencers because I belonged to two secular groups that provided a lot of support and helpful information to its members. And I had belonged to some Catholic groups, but I couldn't find that type of community. So I just figured I would start this group and share what I've learned from bloggers that are not faith or, you know, faith-based. So I started the group. I wanted the group to not just be for women, because I find there's a lot of groups out there that are either just for moms or just for women. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great thing. But I also feel that it's great to have groups where 
men and women can work together, whether you're a mom or you're not yet a mom or you're a priest or single, I feel like there should be a community where we can lift each other up. So because I couldn't find it, I just started it. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I I really think we have grown a lot since we've started, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, this, this is really Amy's vision and I'm just blessed that she pulled me on board and said, Hey, help me do this. Um, I just feel like I'm, I'm along for the ride and just watching God do great things through Amy and, and using me to, to support her in this. And, you know, I feel like my role here is like technical support and helping us realize these goals that really come from Amy's visionary heart in this whole project. Oh, that's right. I forgot the second part of your question because Sarah has been working so hard on our website. She has such a gift. And if you, if you look at it, it's just beautiful. We hope that any Catholic, whether they be, they consider themselves an influencer or just are looking for to feed their soul, mm-hmm. will come to the website and that's catholicsonline.net and that they just click around and see, you know, it's my hope that Catholics feel inspired to invite a speaker they see to give a talk or an artisan to come to an event or just simply read a post about prayer. We, we have like a a tagline, inspiration is the first step, is our tagline. So we believe the Holy Spirit inspired a lot of Catholics to do things. And that's, the, you know, your artisans, your ministry, the people who have ministries and speakers and podcasts like yourself. We believe that the Holy Spirit inspired those things and that those actions are going to inspire other Catholics to, you know, pray more or get more involved in their parish. You know, who knows? So we just hope that it's inspiring to anyone who's seeking inspiration. Yeah, I love going on the website because so often when I was first looking for Catholic content to put in my Instagram feed or see on my Facebook page more regularly, I wouldn't know where to start to look. And Google searches are helpful, but it's a lot of groundwork. <laughs> so I love yeah. this website. It's so beautiful. You're going to wade through a lot of stuff right. in the Google searches for sure. <laughs> on page 11 is the blog you were looking for, right? <laughs> But it's beautiful to be able to log onto a site that really curates content and puts it together in a way that's easily accessible. And it's just a personal connection with the people behind the blogs and behind the podcast or behind the art that you see. That's very encouraging. Thank you. (laughs) Keep up the good work. (laughs) I think it's also beautiful when I started blogging full time after I graduated from college. I'd just gotten married, Joseph, I remember Joseph leaving for his first day at work and we decided like, all right, you know, we're, we're wanting to grow a family. Eventually let's have a job or a work life. That's a little bit more flexible in preparation for that. And I remember sitting at this little home desk and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss a lot of things about working in a traditional office that I didn't think that I was going to miss. Like I'm going to miss water cooler talk and running into people in the hallway. And I feel so dang alone in this. And so I, one thing that I'm incredibly grateful for when it comes to being in the directory and, and having a, a, a group is that there you don't feel alone, that you're not the only one. There's someone to bounce ideas off of or a group to support you. And I think that's so helpful when it comes to, especially working from home or, or working as, a, as an influencer when it comes to Catholic content online. Yeah, well, when I first started blogging, I was looking for that community and I just, I kind of did the same thing. I did like this Google search and I said, show show me these Catholic bloggers. 
And I started reaching out to them saying, hey, can you give me some feedback? I want to start a blog. I want to write, um, you know, tell me where the community is. Um, give me some feedback about my site and, you know, just how to reach people. Silence. Oh. I was largely ignored. And I was just a little despondent thinking, well, you know, maybe this isn't for me or maybe this is all about competition and I, I shouldn't be messaging people and stepping on their toes. But then Amy finally responded. She was the one who responded to me and she said, hey, you want this community? This is what I want to do. So why don't you come on board and we'll do this together? So I was this brand new blogger. <laughs> <laughs> like my blog was maybe a month or two old and Amy was like, hey, let's do this thing. And so I was there like right at the beginning when Catholic Social Media Influencers, the group began. But, you know, I was kind of the one going through it. And I was the one who needed this community. Uh, so for me, it was just an amazing thing to, to see like, wow, you know, we really want the cooperation and we're really here for each other um, and to support each other and just kind of being there from the beginning, but being the one in the position who needs this community and needs that, that support to grow, man, I have learned. I'm, I know I, I feel like people sometimes look at me like as, you know, part of being in charge of this or being the face of Catholics Online, but I feel like I'm the number one, you know, witness of what Catholics Online and what the Catholic social media influencers community can do for a brand new blogger. She's so humble. <laughs> Sarah, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, when I had a prayer wine chocolate retreat, my very first one, Annie Deddens came from mm. Pray More Novenas and Catholic Wife, Catholic Life. Yeah. And I overheard Annie and someone else talking about blogs they like, and one was To Jesus Sincerely. And I remember saying, oh, who's that? They're like, oh, yeah, she's really good. I like her. <laughs> so oh, so when Sarah really? reached out to me, I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, Annie has the greatest taste in the world. Annie is amazing. I love if her. If Annie so likes it, it's amazing. Her taste <laughs> is impeccable. I want to be her when I grow up. Amen. But yeah, so I, when you reached out to me, Sarah, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, <laughs> I heard of her. <laughs> oh, no way. That is so cool. Yeah. Our group has what, what we call a support thread. So we have this, just, we just post in our group, you know, what do you need support with? A Facebook page, a blog post, uh, an Etsy shop, and people drop what they need support on. And we all, you know, give a little support. We, we reciprocate and it's really great, especially with like whatever algorithms are, because I don't get that stuff at all, yeah, amen. but there, it's also great because I get to see what other people are doing. And sometimes God is ministering to me through their work. Like Sarah's a couple things. Sarah, you have this one post where it's like the woman is the heart of the home. And I'm like, wow, just reading that title. I need to think about that. I'm the heart of the home. I better fix my heart a little bit, you know? So here I am ministering to others, but when I go through the support thread, God ministers to me. And then when we're out, you know, in the world and somebody's going through something, like if Sarah bumps into someone and they're going through an infertility or they're thinking about adoption, that's not something she has experience with, but she knows that I do. So she can point them in my direction where if I meet somebody who's homeschooling, I I can point them to Sarah, one of our other homeschool bloggers. So it's good for us to know, you know, what we're all doing so that we can direct others to someone who can serve them if we can't serve them. We really should find joy in lifting each other up as Christians. Yeah. I've been in groups before this group, the Catholic Social Media Influencers group that 
we met in and there was more of a spirit of competition where there wasn't a lot of rejoicing with others who are rejoicing. Um, in some ways it was easy to see when someone had, had had a successful blog post or something was going really well, it was easy to become really jealous. So that was the environment mm. that was kind of fed into with the way that the groups were set up. And so it's just been so beautiful in this group to have women and men come alongside you and cheer you on, um, whether that's in, in a moment of absolutely like a, a good moment of consolation or something went so well, or if it's them rallying around you when you're trying to figure out how to interact with someone who's commenting on your post and they're not really speaking about you or the church in, in a good way. And just to be able to be surrounded by people who have your back and who are going to rally around you is such a powerful thing. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I'm so blessed that God put me here, you know? It's it's really, I'm so glad that he put us all here. If someone was to come to you and kind of be in the same spot where you were Sarah, when you started your blog and, you know, I'm just starting a blog. I, I'm thinking about starting a blog. What tips would you share with them as they start out um, to set themselves apart in a social media world that is full of a lot of darkness, but also when striving for just good Catholic content or building that community kind of right off the bat? Yeah, I definitely make sure to make it a point when someone reaches out to me to at least respond and give them some sort of encouragement because I know how important that is um, when you're starting up. Uh, but one thing that I would definitely say is don't be afraid of the process. Um, sometimes I feel like, and myself, I fight this temptation too, that I have this kind of finished image in my mind and I, I, this is what I want it to look like and I want it to be perfect. Uh, but I almost feel like setting a goal um, kind of is, is, is counterproductive because it's all about the, the process and the growth and where's Christ leading me today. Um, so don't be afraid of the process. Don't be afraid of you know, pot, you know, critic, um, criticism, um, constructive, crit don't be afraid of constructive criticism. One of my mottos for myself is dunk it in red ink. Um, <laughs> I like, yeah, I definitely, it's, it's okay to just go back and, and change things and keep reworking things, um, just to reflect where you are and, and where you're going in your ministry. Sarah once said, we were talking about somebody and Sarah said she takes her writing seriously. So if somebody asked me, I would say, one, take your work seriously. Whether you're making a rosary bracelet, you're a speaker, you're a writer, you're a business, take your work seriously. And I would also, I would say three things. Take one, take your work seriously. Two, don't try to do all the things. Mm -hmm. Pick one or two things. Like right now, you know, Sarah and I are balancing two things and that is way enough. It is way <laughs> enough. So, you know, try to focus on one or two things rather than trying to do, well, I'm going to do a podcast, a YouTube channel. I'm going to have a blog. I'm going to make jewelry and I'm going to start a business. That, you're just, no, please don't. <laughs> too, do much. Yeah, too much. Too right. much. And thirdly, I would say, I'm going to do a little plug here. Join our directory. Yeah. Join our group. You know, go to CatholicsOnline.net, fill out the application. It's a very small investment and you'll make it back. Right. It's worth it. I think for when I was starting out, one of the things that I ran into when creating content was that it was tempting to look around at women who whose blogs I admire and be like, okay, I like this from them. I'm going to put my own twist on that. I like what they're doing. I'm going to put my own twist on that. And one of the things that I love talking about with 
with women women or men who reach out with a project that they're thinking about is just be yourself be authentically you because you have such a unique voice right and it's tempting to to go with the crowd or to kind of find find a niche within a niche that's already been created but also just to realize that your message or the life that you're living is incredibly unique um, and the message that you're going to share with people is something that no one else can share. And so it just really doing yourself and, and your work justice by really being authentic to who you've been created to be. And don't but, compare. Don't compare. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Right. Right. Chloe, is... I love that you said be yourself because that's the name of my girl's journal. Yes. Yeah. Plug that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us uh, more about that project. I wrote a journal for tween girls. I guess, well, nine and up, really, tween, teen. And that's what my mom used to say to me, just be yourself, because I didn't fit in or wasn't popular. And so that became the title of the book. And and it really is a journal. And how, how do you do that? How do you find who that is? And it's all through your prayer life and talking to God and looking to God first before you look at anybody else. Right. And so. I think that's so important for women who are listening who if you have a blog this is so invaluable information but even if you don't even if you the way that you interact with social media is logging on and and reading and sharing and sharing your own thoughts maybe on a facebook or an instagram page the authenticity is something that isn't isn't reserved just for the people who have a, a blog url it's for some it's a call for all of us so we've talked about the good and the bad of social media but real quickly, let's talk about the downright ugly side. What are some things that Catholics on social media should avoid at all costs in order to be able to evangelize or defend their faith or just be a good neighbor online? Okay, I'm going to take this one. Okay. I think that we all have to remember, I don't know if it's a rhetorical question or not, just this question. Have we prayed about it as much as we've talked about it? There is that temptation. And and sometimes, you know, I understand when people say you can't be silent, you can't be silent, but you also have to remember empathy. And our job is to talk to God first and to love God first. So whether we are talking about our Pope, we need to pray for our Pope. We need to pray for race relations. We need to pray about life issues. Before we go on a rant in our soapbox, we need to talk to God first and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us because a lot of things are just black holes and you never get that time back. And even when you walk away from the computer or your phone, I don't know myself, there are certain issues that really get my blood boiling and it takes my peace. Right. And I think it was St. Francis de Sales that said, like, don't let anything, I don't know what saint it was, but there was a saint that said, don't let anything take your peace. You know, so if it's going, going to take peace away from your heart, it's not, it's not worth it. Don't get your soul all wrapped up in it. And when I was in college, I would work with other college students in ministry and it would be easy to talk about God more than I talked to him. And I think mm. that that's something that I keep in mind with blogging and podcasting even today. Have, am I talking about this subject or have I talked to God about this subject yet? And I love that, your advice, because I think it's such a good a reality check to make sure that, you know, your prayer life has reflected the content that you're sharing. Um, and that it's something that's a continuous conversation between you and God before it's a conversation between you and others. Yeah. I think we have to watch how divisive things can be on any kind of media. You know, we want to be united in Christ. We don't want to be divided. Right. I agree. Don't try to win the battle. It's not even a battle. Right. (laughs) 
but we yeah. can get sucked into that. And we need to remember that we're, we're not here to win anything. We're here to spread love. We're here to evangelize. We're here to plant the seeds and just le- let Jesus take over and let him do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. it's amazing how much like the tone of conversation can shift once that mindset shift happens where it's not, you're not having the same conversations that you would have had before putting that things into that perspective. Social media can also, I am so guilty of this, can be a time suck. And we talked about this too, but for both of you, how do you find a balance between using social media, especially as content creators and and influencers online and like your vocation as, as wives and as moms, do you have any advice for women or encouragement for women who aren't really happy with how much time they're spending behind a screen? I'm at the edge of my seat waiting for Sarah's answer because I need (laughs) advice too. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) Again, I would point it back to prudence. I mean, you can say you're unhappy with how much time social media sucks away from you, but you're the one that has to make that choice. And you could definitely do things to make it easier for you to make that choice. Um, Turn off your notifications on your phone. The only things that make my phone ring are text messages and phone calls and the alarms that I set on my phone that remind me to pray. I I have alarms a few times during the day that remind me to pray. I don't get any notifications for social media. Sometimes Amy sends me messages on on Facebook Messenger. I don't get any notifications. I don't get back to her till the next day. Uh, (laughs) But I have made that choice to turn those off because I don't want it to distract me to always be going back to my phone. Um, I put my social media in folders inside of folders on my smartphone. So I have to click like three times to get to it because I know that if I make it harder for myself, I'll stay away a little bit longer. And definitely the the best times I've had, the best days I've had is when I lose my phone somewhere mm. or when my battery runs dead. So I just don't worry about it. If my battery's running dead, well, that's a good thing. My phone will just sit dead for the rest of the day and I'll focus on my kids. So just just make that choice and play around with some of the tools. Like I've downloaded an app before that tells me how much time I've spent on my phone and yells at me if I go over a time <laughs> limit. Uh, but it's, it, it just comes down to, you have to make the choice and it's going to be a choice that you make, um, with prudence, with prayer, and just keep it in mind why you're doing this and what you're looking for. You can tell who the tech person is because (laughs) my answer was I put my phone on a different floor in my house. (laughs) Hey, that works too. That's good. Um, That's good. I, that's how I unplug. I don't have the notification. My notifications are always, I don't even know how to turn them off. I don't know how to do that. This is why Sarah's a tech person, but I will just leave my phone upstairs when I'm downstairs or vice versa. So yeah. that, because it is such a temptation for me. Yeah. Um, and, and my word for the year is unplug. So I try to, I need to do that more. Mm, and that's I- what I also said, like thought, you know, sometimes losing power or losing the internet is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, focuses you to be really present. I have a really good friend. Her the question that she asks herself when she logs onto any form of social media is, "What am I looking for? You know, am I looking for for something to entertain me because I'm bored? If that's the case, should I be doing something different? Am I looking for validation of who I am when she posts pictures or posts a status update? If that's the case, like, have I asked Jesus what He thinks of me? You know, am I looking for authentic community? If that's the case, have I searched that out in the women that I know off? the screen too. And so I love that just being present and, and to just 
reiterating that this is something that you get to consciously choose. This isn't something that you're controlled by um, or something that you just have to give into. This is something that you get to interact with in a like a prudent, healthy way that can be really beautiful. Um, but again, something that really comes down to our decision. Ladies, can you tell us <clears throat> listeners more about where to find prayer, wine, and chocolate, where to find to Jesus sincerely, if after the episode, they're going to go check these out and then also where they can find Catholics online. Sure. Um, prayerwinechocolate.com is my blog. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook the most. I have Twitter, but and and Pinterest, you know, but prayer wine chocolate on Facebook, prayer wine chocolate, one word on Instagram, and then catholicsonline.net. It's just one word, catholicsonline.net is where you can find our directory. And my blog is to jesussincerely.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well as to Jesus Sincerely. And Catholics Online is on Facebook two different ways. We have a Catholics Online on Facebook and Catholics Catholic Online Finds on Facebook as well. Yeah, we're going to be rebranding that. Yeah, so stay tuned. So (laughs) (laughs) keep checking in. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story and how you evangelize online and, and interact with social media. The one question that I asked to wrap up the interviews for Letters to Women um, talks about exploring the feminine genius. So how do you live out the feminine genius as women encouraging authentic Catholic fellowship online? Yeah, when I think of our, our two ministries, well, to Jesus sincerely specifically, and then our shared ministry of Catholics online, to me, it's really all about the new evangelization. And, you know, it's not the same as evangelizing to the people who don't know Christ. We're evangelizing to the people who already know Christ, but need to know him more and those who need to love him more. And I feel like as as women and especially women working from home and with social media at our fingertips, this is our call in the new evangelization. Um, we're the ones who are reaching out to those women who are also in their homes on the other side of the screen, uh, looking for someone to draw alongside them and draw nearer to Christ together. And I think that um, just coming together on the internet as a place where we find this community of just everyone trying to grow closer to Jesus. I I think that that's our call. And I think that that's our place in the new evangelization. And I think it's really important work just sharing our our journey and our our spiritual life and our our struggles and and just the whole process with each other. Um, I I think that that's how the feminine genius plays out in in our ministries and online. Well said, I think. I agree. The new evangelization. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, new in its methods, but but not new in the message, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, ladies, for coming on and sharing your story. I'm I have been really just honored to learn from both of you throughout my time as a Catholic blogger. So I'm so excited to share your blogs with listeners today. Thank you so much, Chloe. We're big fans of you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> it was fun. Thanks Thank for you. having us, Chloe. Yeah, it's Thank been you. great chatting with you. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to the show. Are you subscribed to Letters to Women? If not, you should subscribe today. You don't want to miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you have a spare minute, I'd love for you to go leave a review on iTunes too. Reviews help other people find the podcast and there's so much fun to go through and read. One of my favorite new reviews from this past week is from Avery. She writes, Chloe has such a beautiful and natural way of speaking with her guests on the podcast. She genuinely listens and responds to their insights. I also love the variety of topics with the Catholic faith that are covered in her episodes. They've really helped me grow as a Catholic woman. Oh, thanks Avery for leaving that review. On a personal note, 
Joseph and I are getting closer and closer to the Littlest Langer's due date. So during the month of May, I'm going to be taking some time off for maternity leave and some baby snuggles. But don't worry, I have episodes of Letters to Women preloaded for you, so they'll keep releasing on their regular every other Thursday schedule. I cannot wait to share the upcoming episodes with you and then come back in June to share about how life with a little person is going. That's all I have for this week's episode, but until the next time that we visit and explore the feminine genius together, be not afraid.